Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Rich Klein. We're going to talk about an age-old uh, debate. Mantle has won the debate of Mantle versus Mays, but uh, there's some reasons for that. We're going to dig a little deeper as we do. Thanks, sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank, Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Talk to Scott Auctions, and Upper Deck, Panini, and Tops. Mantle versus Mays, Rich. Mantle is no longer alive. Aaron is no longer alive. Clemente is no longer alive. So Willie Mays is the oldest. I believe he is the oldest living Hall of Famer. And he's 90? Uh, Actually, or 90 Herzog, I think, is older. Oh, but right. Mays is really the oldest player, I believe, living who's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And Mays and Mantle are very close in age. Right. They were both born in 1931. Mays was about five months older. And this whole conversation was triggered. I, I stopped in on a Saturday night after trade night. And I told my wife I was doing this. So I had papal permission, so to speak. My very local card store, Triple Cards and Plano, was hosting a trade night in December. So my wife, Dina, and I drove separately so I could just stop and visit trade night. I don't have Pelican cases. I don't have stuff that was really for that. So that was more just to drop in and chat and see what was going on. And there's this really nice young collector by the name of Rohan. You know, we'll call him a collector, dealer, flipper, whatever you want to term. And he showed me, and he had bought it under comps, a 51 Bowman Mays PSA 5 MC. And we were talking about comps, and he says it's several thousand under. And I said, did you know that in the very first Beckett book in 1979, the mantle was priced at $90, the maze was priced at $85, which you as a PhD in statistics can probably tell you it's a statistical tie. It's not, but it, that's close enough where it's a statistical tie. It's not anymore. And it's interesting that the closest thing to primary source evidence at the close to the conclusion of their career show, they were even, and now they're so far apart, which is a fascinating move. Yeah, I would agree on the statistics, except the masses have never wanted maze over mantle. Mantle has always been preferred by the general fan. Not that Mays doesn't have some people that just collect him, but Mantle is number one. He was noticeably number one, but not by a big amount in 1979. But 2022, and really in the whole recent past, Mantle has been double Mays or triple or quadruple. It's way out of proportion to their ability as players. And some people have floated that could that be race? And I, I think race plays, I won't say no part of it because I'm not a black person, but I don't think race is the number one thing. It's part of it, but it's not as important as people think. And one of the most important things, and Brian Gray talks a lot about this, is film. Today's players, we have a lot of film on. You have more film on Mantle because people save more film of World Series games. True. And... So Mays, you have the film of his catch in 54, and then you have an occasional thing near the end of his career, but on Mantle. I think you have two different 52 World Series games. You have most of Larson's perfect game. You have 60 games, seven of the World Series. You have all the World Series highlights. You have enough film on Mantle during his career where you don't have the same film on Mays. So if you want to search for film on Mantle, it's actually a lot easier. Exactly. But in the hypotheticals, which we can do, what if Mays had been on the Yankees and Mantle had been on the Giants? 
I think you'd have more film on on Maze, and I don't know what on the happen. film aspect. I, I think you're right because Mantle was terrific, but he also had amazing teammates, other Hall of Famers all around him and on the mound with Whitey Ford and all that stuff. So he, he had a better supporting cast. The other thing that I wanted to get at it is that Mays, neither one of them finished strong, but Mantle gets a pass because it was injuries, even though some of them were self-inflicted. And, and yet Mays does not get a pass that he maybe stayed a year or two too long beyond his superstar status. So what do you think about that? I I agree with you. Mays came back to New York in 1972. Still a competent player in 72. He wasn't great anymore, but he was still a competent player. And like on his first game back against the San Francisco Giants, it's a Sunday and there's a radio broadcast. I wish there was film of it. He hits what turns out to be the game winning homer. And, And I don't remember if there's film or not, but the next year you see him flailing around in the 73 World Series in the outfield, falling down, trying to catch balls that 20 years earlier he would have had in his hip pocket. Right. So your lasting memory is, is that, not the fact that he got a key single in, I think, game one or game two of the 73 series, and he actually still had his baseball smarts, and he deked out the relief pitcher, and he knew what to do. But you see him falling in the outfield. And there is the tape of his retirement ceremony, and he didn't do a tour. Mantle didn't do a tour either. Neither of them did tours. Nowadays, you would have announced it before the the season and everybody would have honored you. But he did a very nice speech before a September game. It's not even a day game. It's a night game on a chilly night in Shea Stadium. And he says, Willie, it's time to say goodbye to America. So he knew. But you're right. He he lasted one, two years. And unfortunately, some of the film we have isn't good. And the other issue Mays has compared to Mantle is the perception that he wasn't as nice to the fans. Just a perception. He he wasn't, I don't think. I mean, right. He wasn't. But I'm trying to I'm trying to phrase it PC. (laughs) But he was not as nice to the fans as Mantle. So all of a sudden you have a growth in that, too, where they're both signing at shows. You knew you were going to have a positive experience if you right. saw Mantle. Right. If you saw Maze, it was 50-50 if you were going to have a positive experience. Not only that, but Mantle was signing back in the 80s. He, he was five bucks a signature or something like that. It was, And he's still smiling. And I, I got his signature with him right in front of me. And that's one of the few autographs I've, I've paid for. When he first started doing the hobby, there was a guy named Tom Cattell who brought Mantle into the hobby. And everybody was so worried about how much they were charging that it was like three bucks to get into the show and you got a free mantle autograph with the three dollars. So anyway, the mantle somehow got a pass for his injuries. And, and so it allows people to say, what would his stats have been if he hadn't gotten injured? And he did have some congenital things, too. But here's Mays, who goes into the military. A mantle, I think, is and probably 4F. They're the same age. And he lost a, a, a couple of years of his prime. Why don't people do that math? Because he's 700 home runs in. Easy. Right. He might have broken Babe Ruth's record. And they knew that. But Hank Aaron was so close to breaking Ruth's record by the time you realized Mays might have done that, that there was some of that gone too. Mays caught a bad history break that way. And so there were some factors that conspired against him. And it's amazing because Mays is on deck when Bobby Thompson hits the Giants win the pennant home run. What if Thompson just gets a single and Mays hits the homer, and then Russ Hodges screams the Giants win the pennant on a Willie Mays homer? Yeah, I hear you. Uh, another hypothetical. What if the Giants had never moved to San Francisco? 
Does that help Mays? I think it does. Well, he definitely plays in a terrible ballpark for him in San Francisco. So I think it would have helped him to stay at the polo grounds, whereas he would have gotten a little bit older and pulls the ball that with that very close left field foul line, he would have had potentially more homers there too. And especially in those days, the East Coast, if you're beginning your game at 11 o'clock East Coast time, you don't get into the morning papers. Maybe the radio mentions the score. The TV doesn't always mention the sports in the morning if there is a sports guy. So you don't see the results of the game until another day. Friday, The Sunday paper always had the Friday night scores in it. Sure. Yeah. So San Francisco breaking into the West Coast with the Dodgers and the Giants in the late 50s. That didn't help Mays, I don't think, even though he's going to a different part of the country. And so it's not that he abdicated, but Mantle was the king of New York. Maybe he was before. What? Okay, one more for you as the Sabre kind of guy. Triple crown. I'm going to skip the triple crown. I'm going to talk about the 52 tops card for a second. Well, okay. But Mays I- is a semi-star. Mays is in the semi-high series. He's a superstar. Mantle's card number 311 with the iconic pose in the really tough series. Also, they, they were both 51 Bowman high numbers. You have the card thing. The triple crown, yes. Would Mays have won a triple crown if he played in New York? He won all three parts. He's won. He, he never won an RBI title, but he probably could have. So Mantle has that magic golden year in 56. He wins the triple crown. The next year, he has a higher batting average. Ted Williams hits 388. He doesn't even win a batting title. So there's a lot going on with Mantle. And yet, interestingly, for the first 10 years or so of his career, Mantle's not loved in New York. Mantle only gets loved in New York when Roger Maris shows up and all of a sudden he becomes the home run king instead of Mantle. It was almost like it was preordained Mantle would break the record one day. It's it's Roger Maris. And then all of a sudden the fans realize, wait a second, we have this treasure here in, in Mantle. We've goofed this up. Okay, so just making the comparison, you've got a situation where 51 Bowman, they're parallel, they're the same series, and like you said, it was $90 to 85 back in 79, but it's way stretched from that. 52 tops, Mantle has a built-in advantage of being the high series, even though it's a double print, but still, they're, they're probably a lot more mazes than Mantle's. For 52, 53 tops, it flips again, where mazes in the tough series and Mantle is, while not easy, he's way easier than Mays, yet Mays lags behind even when he's a, a lot less supply. And then 54, you've got the, the Topps-Bowman kind of battle, and probably same thing 55, I guess. You don't have you don't well, have Topps. For, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they're in the same sets in 54. No, they're, Bowman, they're both in 54 Bowman, yeah. And both in 55 Bowman, but they're not in the Topps. And even then, Topps was... Where the Mays is in 54 and 55 tops, and they both show up in 56. The 56 mantle wins the triple crown. I think the triple crown is a bigger deal than we're making. I almost want to say it's bigger than the racial aspect because that was very highly regarded back in the day as the pinnacle of counting. You know, believe it or not, I've never thought about that, but you're right because when people were winning the triple crown in those days with some regularity, but it was really tough. And uh, it's immortality, your instant fame when you do that. Mays probably could have. It's like uh, if triple doubles back in the 50s or 60s or 70s had been a thing in basketball, guys would have gone for him. Triple crown is something they did go for, and it's just really tough. In fact, it's I mean, so Oscar tough. Oscar Robertson averaged the, the triple double, but he wasn't trying. You know, he, he wasn't trying. He just, I mean, he might have gotten a triple double in every single game. If- okay, on the black-white, because I do think that people want to know about the racial thing. The Giants integrated to a much higher degree than the Yankees. 
And uh, I think Elston Howard was the first Yankee black player and probably only for, for some while. Whereas the Giants were integrated with Mays and Monty Irvin and several others. I think they had Mike Thompson and, yeah, and even yeah. some guys that didn't last. Artie Wilson's a catcher. So anyway, so from the early 50s, they're integrating. Like I said, I don't know what to make of that other than the Yankees were still winning championships. And Elston Howard, who had the misfortune of being behind Yogi Berra, comes into his own though and is was gets his own MVP. So uh, I, I think there's no doubt. I'm a big boxing fan. And even into the 80s, when Jerry Cooney fought Larry Holmes, Jerry Cooney was frankly the great white hope. And he was a good looking kid from New York with a very powerful punch. And Larry Holmes was a true professional and dismantled him in the fight. Larry but was a boxer. <laughs> he was a boxer. He and he, he, yeah. and he exposed and, and, Cooney. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the I mean, great and white hope without became really good friends later in life. On that level, it worked out very well. But most of America was frankly rooting for Jerry Cooney. So there's always been some of that going on. Okay. okay last thing. What's going to happen when Mays passes away? Because no one lives forever. So what's going to happen to his cards? Sports card insights. What's going to happen in anticipation or when it happens or thereafter? I see increased interest right now, but what are you predicting there? I think the increased interest will continue. He has gotten the mantle, pardon the pun, of the greatest living baseball player. And I don't think there's much debate about that. Could do it all and did it all consistently on both coasts, power, average, hitting, fielding, throwing, all that stuff. I love the term market inefficiency. Mays, to me, is the perfect example of the market inefficiency. And he may never catch Mantle because he'll never quite have that aura around him, but he'll get a lot closer just because there's a market inefficiency on the two of their price points. Okay, good note, Dan. On the market inefficiencies, the market is frequently inefficient, but it moves toward greater efficiency as people see the anomalies and irregularities and say, this has room to go up compared to Mantle. We're not telling anybody what they need to buy or what they need to sell, but Willie Mays is not one-tenth of Mickey Mantle in 1979. The Mantle was recognized as a more popular player in the hobby and had higher demand for his cards, but not by that much. Not by an exaggerated amount. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, everybody. Be back again tomorrow with another episode and collect whatever you want, but you might want to consider Willie Mays.